This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Dear brothers and sisters, I thought about what a khutbah to a convention about Palestine looks like, and I realized that there are multiple routes that we can take when discussing the issue of Palestine and the issue of any cause that involves oppression. And I'm going to make the assumption that anyone here already understands the sanctity of this cause already understands and is willing to take time out and to organize for this cause, either because it is one that you have personally experienced in some capacity, or one that you have a deeply held belief in that you would otherwise not be connected to, except for your humanity or your deen or something else that stirred you to come to this convention on Palestine and to be a part of this cause. And so I'm going to forego that based on those assumptions and challenge us a little bit. And when I say challenge us a little bit, I want us to think about this cause in the capacity, not just of what we can do for Palestine, what we can do for this cause and for the cause of oppressed peoples, but what we must make sure we don't do that would compromise the cause. You know, when you talk about tazkiyah to nafs, when you talk about spiritual purification, in your journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's more about what you don't do than it is about what you do do. What I mean by that is that on the day of judgment, it is sins that will corrupt a person and that will ultimately doom a person, not their lack of nawafid, their lack of voluntary deeds. Meaning on the day of judgment, you would have more to fear from your sins versus not having prayed more qiyamul layl or not having given extra in terms of your charity. Because the baseline is that your nafs is to be purified, taskiyah, to be purged of the things that could possibly take it away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, in its nature, it is on its way back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we talk about a dhulm, when we talk about the idea of oppression, and that's what I do want to talk about today, and wrongdoing, we usually approach it from whoever amongst you, whoever amongst you sees an evil, then let him change it with his hand. And then if he cannot change it with his hand, then with his tongue. And if he cannot change it with his tongue, then he should hate it in his heart. And that is adnal iman. That's the lowest of faith. That's the weakest situation. I want to approach it from another direction, which is this idea of knowingly or unknowingly being from those who aid an oppressor or aid in the oppression of those that they claim to champion. Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَىٰ وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ Cooperate with one another in birr, in righteousness and in goodness. And do not cooperate in sin and transgression. And so you are either in one of those two boats, there is no one that is neutral or in between. You either work with the people in good or you work with the people in sin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, وَلَا تَرْكَنُوا إِلَى الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا Do not incline towards those who oppress. فَتَمَسَّكُمُ النَّارِ or else you may be touched by the fire. And you will not find beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a protector, and you will not be given victory. And Allah Azzawajal mentions this idea of inclining, leaning towards those, being somewhat ambiguous about your support of the oppressed, but being soft when it comes to the oppressor, leaning and inclining towards those who commit dhulm. And specifically, subhanAllah, for those who are in a place of privilege, those who are in a place 
where they've escaped the immediate consequences of the dhulm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Musa alayhi salam says that, Oh Allah, as you have favored me, I'm not going to be a supporter. I don't want to find myself being an assistant to those criminals and to those oppressors. Just because I've gotten out of the immediate wrath of Fir'aun, do not let me become an assistant or do not let me be one who in some way assists the work of Fir'aun, the work of the oppressor. And there's an interesting hadith, usually not one that you hear when you hear about the capacity of rulers because usually the hadiths that are put out there in regards to those who rule are ones that entail obedience and ones that entail following them. But there's this hadith from the Prophet ﷺ which is also authentic from Ka'b ibn Ujrah and he describes the scene. He says Rasulullah came out to us and we were sitting, a large group of us, Arab and Ajam, Arabs and non-Arabs, meaning this was a community that had expanded beyond just being a Meccan phenomenon. The deen of Allah was already showing that this was a universal deen. And the Prophet ﷺ came out to us and said, Isma'u, listen to me. Hal sami'tum? Do you hear me? Satakunu ba'di umara. There will be after me leaders. Man dakhala alayhim fasaddaqahum bikadhibihim. Whoever enters upon them and affirms their lies, whoever enters into their presence and affirms their lies, wa'a'anahum ala zulmihim and supports them in their oppression. Falaysa minni walastu minhu. He is not from me and I am not from him. And he will not drink from my help. He will not drink from my fountain. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be amongst those that are from the Prophet and that drink from his help, that drink from the hand of the Prophet a drink that would do away with our thirst for all of eternity. On the other hand, the Prophet mentioned that whoever on the other hand opposes them does not affirm their lies then he is from the Prophet sallallahu He is from me and I am from him. And he will be amongst those that drink from my hand. This is an interesting hadith and it's one that you could easily read over and simply say, well, alhamdulillah, I don't enter upon tyrants. Alhamdulillah, I don't directly support tyrants. Alhamdulillah, I don't do this, I don't do that. At the same time, this idea of what it means to be from those who support tyranny is one that we have to dissect a little bit and be very self-critical. There's a story of Imam Ahmed that's narrated authentically by Imam al-Marwadi. He said that the prison guard of Imam Ahmed Sajjan, entered upon him one day. فَقَالَ يَا أَبَا عَبْدِ اللَّهِ الْحَدِيثُ الَّذِي رُوِيَ فِي الظَّلَمَةِ he said to Imam Ahmad is the narration about those who oppress and their supporters authentic? And Imam Ahmad said yes it is. So the guard responded He said in that case am I from those who support the oppressors? Listen to what he said. He said من يأخذ شعرك ويغسل ثوبك ويصلح طعامك he said, no, those that support oppressors is the one who cuts your hair, the one who prepares your food, the one who washes your clothes, 
the one who buys and sells from you. Meaning that's the one who would be considered from the supporters of the oppressors. As for you, you are from the people of Zulm themselves. You yourself are an oppressor. There's another narration about Imam Sufyan Thawri, rahimahullah ta'ala. Ja'ahu khayyat, that a, a, a tailor came to him. And he said to Imam Sufyan Thawri, rahimahullah ta'ala, inni akhithu thiyab sultan that I tailor the garments of the tyrant. He said, Do you see me, O Imam, to be considered amongst those that aid the oppressors? So he responded, he says, He said, rather, you are an oppressor yourself. Imagine the tailor of the tyrant, the one who tailors the clothes of the tyrant. You are actually from the people of Zulm. He said, he said, the supporters of the Zalameen, the supporters of the oppressors, are the ones that purchase and trade in you with your threads and your needles. As for you, you yourself are amongst the oppressors. Now, subhanAllah, you could read that and you could say, wow. You could, you could read that and you could come away with a reverence of the tradition. But I don't want you to stop there. I don't want you to stop at admiration of the imams. I want you to ask yourself, where do I fall in this discussion? Where do we and our families fall in this discussion considering the present circumstances? This idea of being so careful to not be amongst the oppressors. SubhanAllah, I was explaining to a group of, uh, of people uh, why these ayat about aklu amwal al-yatim, consuming the wealth of an orphan. That sounds uh, odd and, and, and almost outdated when you read it in the Quran for some people that don't understand these concepts. What do you mean? Consuming the wealth of an orphan. Because an orphan in the society of the Prophet ﷺ was the most exploited individual. They would not be given the rights of inheritance nor the compassion of parenting. But at the same time, they'd be put out there to work. And then there was nothing to protect what they would earn. Nothing to protect their food and their earnings and their drink. And when Allah revealed all of these ayat about not consuming the wealth of an orphan, SubhanAllah, what do the Sahaba say? They say, you know, we would pick up food from our own children's plates. You know, if you're walking into your house and your kids are eating and you pick up something to eat from your child. But as for the food of the yatim, the food of the orphan, we wouldn't even dare put our finger in the food of a yatim after those ayat came down. That was their level of taqwa and piety. And in our deen, we look at ourselves like that. We look at ourselves with that scrutiny to say, look, I don't want to participate in anything that could be of that violation when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our private deeds, the haram and the mutashabihat, the doubtful matters, the gray areas. I don't want to be in the gray area with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to be in the clear. Likewise, when it comes to dhulm, with an addition. You know, when you think about haram money, you think about haram money, there's haram money that is earned through haram ways, selling haram products. Money that a person earns through riba, money, you know, interest and usury. That type of haram, right? You sell haram in your store, you earn in a haram way. That type of haram, that type of haram money is haram for you, but it's halal for other than you, according to most of the scholars. Meaning what? Someone else eats from your food and drink, that's not their fault. You earned it in a haram way, they received it in a halal way. However, subhanAllah, money that is earned by transgression, by ghasb, by, 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 by theft and aggression, if you know that the person in front of you partakes in that, that money is haram for you as well. You can't touch their stuff. If you know that that person is an actual thief, if that person is an aggressor, 
Because this adds on to the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you earn in halal, that you also, that you also do not transgress human beings. Now, what does this have to do with us? Talking about Palestine. We're talking about Palestine. We're talking about a cause and a people that have been suffocated by governments around the world, economically, the participation, unfortunately, knowingly and unknowingly, and their oppression. The United States government being the greatest cover for the Israeli aggression, the greatest funder of the Israeli aggression against the Palestinian people. Someone says, our tax dollars are bad. And I don't want my tax dollars to go towards oppression. Well, that doesn't mean don't pay taxes. That means fight until your taxes are not used that way anymore. Insist and fight back. I don't want to participate in that way. I don't want to have a hand in the oppression of my brothers and sisters. When you talk about the BDS movement and you talk about the idea of boycotting an oppressor and what that spiritually means to a person. You know, people debate effectiveness and this and this and that. Talk about what it spiritually means to ground our families in this idea that I will not purchase the products of an oppressor. Knowingly, I will be principled enough in my family to say, you know what, we're going to forego this. Teach your families that to be inconvenienced for your beliefs and principles is noble and rewardable and everything counts, even the small things. That's where you reflect on Sufyan al-Thawri and Imam Ahmed and things of that sort. It all counts. Not enough to just forward an unverified WhatsApp message. Think about it. Put it in your own house. Put yourself to the test. Business owners, you know, who are your wholesalers? Who are you consuming from? And you say, I'm not going to patronize the hotels or the hummus of the oppressor or their dates or their deodorant. And I'm going to teach my kids that, you know, we're going to be a little bit inconvenienced because we're not going to participate in these things. And we'll insist on the larger transactions that oppressors should not be given blank checks. And I certainly don't want to have a penny to do with it. Work for that. Teach your family that. Yes, it's inconvenient. Yes, sometimes it's going to get really difficult because those that unfortunately consume the rights and the dignity of your brothers and sisters around the world also tend to come packaged in some of the most prominent companies that we have over here. We all have to insist on that. It's not just about that tailor and what the tailor was effectively impacting in terms of the tyranny in his society. It was that I don't want any part of that. So it's not just because it's effective or not effective. It's because it's our ethical duty, first and foremost. And then you talk about how to make it more effective. But you act on your ethics and you put yourself to the test. And the last thing, dear brothers and sisters, and I want to cover these last three points, ta'ala, in the capacity of what? Just because you are mazloom in one way does not mean you are not zalim in another. Just because you yourself are wronged in one way does not mean that you are not zalim, you are not an oppressor in another way. How does it stop us from becoming ourselves oppressors? There are people that will cry and shout and scream about the oppressors on TV, but they're ignoring the one in the mirror. You oppress your family and you talk about oppression. You cheat your brother and sister and you talk about the illegal consumption in these, and, and these Muslim rulers that are using Muslim resources to oppress other Muslims. What about yourself? Hold yourself to that standard first and foremost. You can't complain about another oppressor and be an oppressor at home. That's the first one you need to deal with. And then collectively as a people, 
holding ourselves to different standards, making sure that we are never in any way going to compromise the support of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by being guilty of some sort of oppression ourselves. And so three things in this regard that the ulama mentioned. Number one, do not let your enemies be the bar by which you set your ethics. You maintain your moral code. You maintain the way of the Prophet The bar of what is an ethical code is the bar of the Prophet It's the bar of taqwa and ihsan being at the top of it. God consciousness and piety and excellence being at the top of it. We don't let anyone else cause us to become dirty like them because of the way that they're wronging us. The victory of Salahuddin al-Ayyubi rahimahullah ta'ala was not just removing the tyrants from the Holy Land, but keeping his ways holy and free from tyranny when he had the upper hand. And we celebrate that. Don't let your hatred of a people cause you to swerve from justice. Why? Because that's when you really have to hold yourself to a standard of justice. When you don't like the person or you don't like a people and you still scrutinize yourself and hold yourself to justice. And so our enemies can never become our teachers. We have a moral code, we have a standard, and that standard is the Prophet and what he has taught us. Number two, and I know that this one you know, uh, may um, not come off the best way to some, but it's something we have to, to hold ourselves to. Do not support the oppressors of your brothers and sisters or the oppressor of your brothers and sisters because he's supposedly an ally to you against your oppressor. We call out those who champion human rights but ignore the Palestinian cause all the time, and they are many. The greatest hypocrisy that you'll find in human rights discourse is usually on the opposite end of this. Let's acknowledge this and get that out of the way, and I'm not suggesting anything else. You'll find people champion every cause in the world, legitimate and illegitimate, but be a complete hypocrite on Palestine. Athletes, academics, influencers. We see it all the time. So let's look inwards, inshallah ta'ala. We're not those people who have all sorts of courage for other causes, but nothing but cowardice when it comes to Palestine. We can't be guilty of the same thing. And so I'll say it. No dignified person should find themselves rejecting the Israeli bombs over Gaza, but whitewashing the chemical warfare of Bashar al-Assad against his own people in Ghulta, and vice versa. You can't be opposed to illegal Israeli settlements, but for Chinese internment camps for the Uyghurs, and vice versa. You can't be opposed to Israeli military propaganda, but per perpetuate American police propaganda, and vice versa. We have to be consistent. You either are with a zalim or a mazlum. And the Prophet ﷺ said, be the servant of Allah that is mazlum, not the one that is zalim. Be with the servant of Allah that is mazlum, not the one that is zalim. Be with the one that's oppressed, not the one that's oppressing. Consistently hold ourselves to a standard. That's how we purify ourselves as well. And we, being an oppressed people does not give you the selectivity in which oppressors you can support or oppose. It just makes your steadfastness in the face of oppression that much more rewardable. Number three, and this is the most important one. Do not wrong yourselves with sins. Do not wrong yourselves with sins. Allah, look back at Salman al-Farisi radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu as they are at the Tigris River in this battle with the most arrogant empire of their day, the Persian Empire. And they're looking at the river. And Sa'ad and Salman ta'ala are sitting on one horse. And they have an entire army behind them. And there's a river in front of them. And they have this conversation with one another. 
Ta'ad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu says, Hasbun Allah wa ni'mal wakil. Wallahi liyansuranna allaha waliyya. Walayuhiranna allaha deenah. Walayahzimanna allaha aduwa. Innam yakun fil jaysi baghyun aw dhunubun taghribul hasanat. Beautiful words. He said, Allah is sufficient for us and he's the greatest protector. I swear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give victory to his loving servants, that he will make victorious his deen, and that he will defeat his enemies so long as there is no transgression or sin within our army that would void our good deeds. You see, they weren't looking at the size of the army on the other side or their oppressors or the palaces or the dynamics of the river and they weren't doing the math before they were doing the taqwa. They were thinking first and foremost about what? What do I have in myself? As a people and as individuals. You can't ask Allah for his nasr while partaking in his isyan. Ask Allah for his victory while actively disobe- disobeying him. We've got to put ourselves to the test. And that is something, by the way, that is a lifelong project. That does not stop until we reach our graves. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu in tansurullaha yansurkum wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. O you who believe if you support Allah, he will support you and he will make your feet firm. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala count us amongst his supporters and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep our hearts pure. May Allah keep our cause pure. May Allah keep our feet firm. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are just in their families with themselves, with their communities. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us a people that establish justice across the board. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from any form of zulm. Transgression is darkness on the day of judgment. May Allah give us light and protect us from that darkness on the day of judgment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give victory to our brothers and sisters in Palestine and to the oppressed all over the world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala count us amongst their supporters. Allahumma ameen. اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم اغفر لوالدينا رب ارحمهما كما ربونا صغارا ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم انصر إخوانا المستضعفين في مشارق الأرض ومغاربها اللهم أهلك الظالمين بالظالمين وأخرجنا وإخوانا من بينهم سالمين عباد الله أن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى <تصفيق> وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم واشكروه على نعماء يزد لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقيم الصلاة